Welcome back, everyone. In this episode of the Digital Quarterback Series, this is a quick keynote that I did earlier this year at an industry event where I talk about how to grow digital sales through technology, but more importantly, execution and people. Welcome back, folks, to the Digital Quarterback Audio Series. This is your host, Tanvir, head of technology and a former college football champion. With each episode, my mission is to help businesses and young leaders win in the tech world by going deep on leadership, culture, execution, and grit. Thank you for listening, and let's get started. Thanks so much, everyone. Um, I want to start off by saying, in the game of football, championships are won in the offseason. What that means is that all the work you do behind the scenes is what really matters when it's time to win. And that's exactly what I'm going to talk about today. It goes without saying that digital is where everything is going. Uh, I mean, some quick stats, we've seen brands that are doing 30, 40, 50% volume through digital channels. And um, you're seeing brands that are actually doing 30, 40, 50% of their sales through loyalty redemption, which is of the total loyalty, of the total customers that are loyalty, that percentage of them actually come back to redeem. And these two numbers are highly correlated with positive sales or sales growth. Um, we looked back about a year ago, and then I started digging further into how do you become a digital first brand? And that's when I had my first aha moment about the industry. Everything we know about digital in the B2C space, which in this context is retail, restaurants, uh, delivery service, so everything we know about digital in the B2C space needs to be flipped upside down. Let me say that again. Everything we know about digital in the B2C space needs to be flipped upside down. Here's what happens. I've seen some brands that have figured it out, most have not, and I've personally seen brands spend millions of dollars to no success. Here's what happens which should not be happening. Leadership team says, we need a digital experience. So what should we do? Well, because it's cool, let's hire a bunch of great engineers to build something amazing for us. And because it's also a buzzword, let's build an innovation lab. Just because we saw people doing it. And let's give them a lot of money. Here's what has to happen. Leadership team says, we need to win in digital, number one. Then the conversation is, we don't know what's gonna happen in two, three, four years, but what we can do is we can anticipate where the industry is going, where digital disruption will go, and how our business needs to be competitive, and identify the business models that we're gonna to need to compete. That's how do you make money in the future. Once you identify that, it's simply identifying what gaps exist that will allow you to go from today to tomorrow. And only then, with the digital at the core of the company, not just in the tech team, in the core of the company, you go and build whatever you need to build to become digital, whether that's a new POS system or you get a new POS system, whether it's a new app, whether a system is people, it's processes. Only at the end, you should build that. How does this look like in real life? Before we get there, Let's first identify the topic of the week, growth. What 
growth. For this context, growth is revenue. I think we can all agree, growth is the more money you make, the more you grow. So the question becomes, how do you increase revenue? For all the ex-consultants in this room, it's simply price times volume. And for our context, it's number of orders that you're getting, which is through digital channels such as app, third-party web loyalty, multiplied by the check size, which is influenced by either a great UI, UX, loyalty, experience, uh, enticing users. So then, the question is, how do we increase these two variables so we can increase revenue? There's two approaches. The first approach is, for all the marketers in this room, the top of the funnel approach, where you get as many users to be aware of your brand, and then increase the conversions. The second part is the technology at the bottom of that, which is your systems, your tools, your backend, your people, your processes, that have to be able to support that growth. We're gonna focus on the second part. So the keys to growth are threefold. First, you have to have the right foundations. Then you have to have the right operations. And third, the right people. Starting with foundations. There's three things to keep in mind. First, I think everyone here knows the word friction. The first thing your technology needs to allow you to do is reduce friction. So when you pick a technology, identify where are the gaps in your user journey, and simply reduce the friction. More importantly, number two, reliability. Can you imagine a scenario where you have four, five, six digital orders coming into a restaurant, into a retail location, and you have six, seven, eight people standing in line, one cashier working, and your POS freezes? That cashier is gonna hate head office. That's what it would get reliability. Your POS system, your technology needs to work when you need it the most. Third, which is Scalability. A simple example I'm going to use here is scalability is as you grow in either the volume per location or the number of locations or channels, you need to be able to scale your technology in the same way as you started your brand. So if it took you 10 hours to do something, it should only take you 10 hours in the future, regardless of the volume or locations you have. So a simple example that we've dealt with is many management. It came up in this morning as well. Um, you know, if you have, let's say, five stores, you can easily go ahead and update your menu, add a new price item, uh, images, etc. It's very easy. When you get 50 stores, 100, 500, 1,000 stores, it gets really difficult. Now, imagine adding a new app, different channels, and different pricing regions based on your geographic. So. Allowing you to scale would mean the same amount of time it took you to menu or manage your menu for five locations is the exact same time it would take you to do a thousand locations. So keep long-term approach in mind as you're building your foundations. Moving on to operations. Who here has experienced something as of the following? Let's say you are on a family trip or your you know, kids' football game or a picnic, and you're coming back and you're really hungry. You order something on the phone, because you just can't wait, you want to go pick it up. You drive to the store, you go and you enter the store,
cetera, and you go to the patch or the register, the pickup area, and you look for your food, and your food's not there. And then you go to the cashier and say, hey, look, I ordered a wine. She says, sorry, sir, I never got your order. It's happened to me many times. Or second, something that uh, I can relate with a bit more, is Saturday night, you want to stay home, you're really, really hungry, and it's a family movie night, you turn on Netflix, you order on Uber Eats, you track your career, you see a notification, he is two minutes away, you open the door, you get your food, you sit down, you play your movie, and you open your food, and you realize your order was wrong. I love root cause analysis. I love root cause analysis because it makes things so, so simple. If someone told you that the root cause for the first issue where your order never fired uh, into the restaurant is because of, let's say, internet issues, or the second piece where your order was wrong is because the restaurant is so busy the team member didn't have enough time, they're lying to you. It's wrong. The only real reason why these issues existed is because your tech team did not keep operations in mind. That's the only explanation you should be okay with. Tech team never kept ops top of mind. So the question becomes, as you're building up all these different channels to grow, how do you keep operations top of mind? It's a simple user journey mapping. And what you do is you add in the user journey for every single channel that you have in your, uh, your business. So for example, app, web, in-store, delivery, et cetera. And you map out every single interaction that a customer has along the journey from the moment they consider your brand to the moment they reconsider your brand. So for example, if we take the app journey, just for any random brand for now, and we're gonna identify a very small part of the journey in the middle. And we're gonna look at when a customer is five minutes away from the store, when a customer arrives in the store, and when they pick up the food. For this exact same journey, you want to map out the steps that the brand or the store or the location takes from a technology standpoint or an operational standpoint. So for example, for these three steps, what has to happen in the back end? Simply, it's when somebody's five minutes away from the store, order has to find the QS. When somebody arrives at the store, the KDS has rounded and the food has been prepared. And when somebody's gonna pick up the food, the team member simply places the food. Here is where this really drives value. You get your tech team and your ops team together in a room, and you have them map out all of the gaps that will exist if you were to build something with this user journey. For example, one of the examples here would be when somebody's five minutes away from the store, order goes to the POS, the tech team and ops teams realize that, hey, listen, our menu is really complex. And because our menu is so complex, if the technology team does not understand how the team member of the store makes the order, how the POS has to process the order, there are gonna be a lot of issues with both. Right? And you go ahead and as you build your technology, you simply keep that in mind so that your menu mapping and your user journey keeps in mind what the customer really needs. Second, Let's say you have a really busy store, and one of the gaps is, hey, we never thought about having different types of orders show up differently in the KDS. So 
Can you imagine if your in-store, takeout, Uber Eats, DoorDash, app, web, every order looked the exact same way? You're gonna have a lot of order accuracy problems. So this will then allow you to say, hey, we need to find out a way to differentiate orders so that we can pump up the right volume as we need. So simply the takeaway here is, technology team needs to understand the complexity as well as any gaps that will exist at the operational level. So when you build the technology, you keep in mind all the nuances. Now, moving on to the people side, one of my favorite topics. I was reading an article on BCG and it mentions that for companies that value culture, they are five times more likely to go ahead and win in the digital transformation world. That's simply saying if you prioritize culture over somebody else, you have a 5x likelier chance to win. That's part of digital transformation. Um, what does that mean for us in one sentence? If I had to sum it up for you. It means you will never ever ever win in terms of growth to technology. You will never ever win if you think your teams work for you. Right? We, as leaders, work for our teams. The question becomes, how do you get the right culture and the right team structure down for you to get results? There's two things you need to remember. First part, you need to evaluate your team structure every six months and align it to where the business is going. So reevaluate your team structure every six months. So what is the optimal team structure? For a technology company, let's say Uber or Spotify, for example, their business model is how do you make money is predicated around one app. It's a digital app, right? For those kinds of environments where you have a business model that allows you to make money through a digital channel predominantly, you can have a team that is, as you see on the slide, very, very agile focused traditional technology team where you have a product manager, scrum masters, VAs, developer, etc. The problem is when you take this exact same structure and try to replicate it into a B2C environment, that's when you see problems. Because the business model in a B2C environment, so let's say restaurants, for example, the business model is still selling something physical at the store. Even though you might have an app or a brand that has 70% of the volume to digital, you still have an exchange of goods at the, at the restaurant level, which means this digital team structure is not going to work. You need a hybrid approach. So what does that look like in practice? When you have, let's say, a brand that has, that's doing a lot of uh, operational um, updates or upgrades or rolling out a lot of technologies, you might want to get somebody who's an ops agent or an operations change agent in your team that, allow, that understands, number one, your technology team, that also understands the operational stores and that can bridge the gap between the two. Because if you don't have that connection, good luck rolling stuff out, it's gonna fail. Right, so you have to have that connection. Or, let's say you're a really small company and all your technology is outsourced, and you, you know, everything is, is somewhere is pushed out, uh, you're using a lot of software and service, you might wanna get somebody who's a really good uh, vendor manager, or some sort of a role 
that allows somebody internally to understand their business needs and hold vendors accountable to then allow you to achieve your goals. Or if you're like me and you're really worried about the future and you think, by the way, I think voice is going to be revolutionary, voice technology. Everybody's going to be ordering food from, let's say, hey Alexa, order me this pizza, this and this, this. After going to go away. And if you're thinking like that and you're worried about the future, you might want to make or hire someone who is a really innovative, let's say, voice specialist. And just let them loose. Just go figure out what needs to happen so that your brand can be relevant in the next two or three years. The point I'm trying to make is that you need to align your structure to where your business needs to go and keep on reevaluating it every six months because the digital disruption is only going to get faster. Now, who here um, has an HR team that helps them with hiring? Here's the dilemma. How can we expect somebody who's not in technology, does not understand technology, does not know your mini culture, the dynamic of your team, how do we expect that person to go and find us the people that we need that are going to allow us to win in a very, very competitive environment? You can't. You need to be as involved, if not more involved, as your HR partner in finding the people for you. Within two months, I hired a team of eight, and I found it myself. I interviewed myself. Um, I, you know, I had hunted myself. I even was writing uh, offer letters myself, which I got in trouble for. I don't, I don't recommend. But the point is, I know the culture I wanted to build. I knew the, the team dynamic that I have. I knew my strengths and the strengths I need in my team that somebody else would not know. Similarly, only you know how you work well, what your dynamic is, what your culture is, and only that's going to allow you to win in the future. Now, people say, you know what, great, that's awesome, Tanvir, um, but I can't find people with the right experience. What I say to that is this. Don't hire for experience. Hire for potential. Hire for character. Hire for grit. If you hire for potential, character, and grit, I guarantee you you're going to have a killer team. Hands down. So, give people a chance. To wrap up, we understand that we, you know, the digital is a, a, a place where a lot of disruption happening. Um, everybody wants to win, but not a lot of people want to do the work. If you truly want to win in this competitive landscape, spend the time building your foundation, spend the time doing the things behind the scenes, because championship businesses are won in the off season. Thanks team for listening. Please remember to leave a review, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up for a ton of free content, exercises, coaching, and frameworks at tanvirbango.com.